0: Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Thursday, July 7th, 2022. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, Apple has a new lockdown mode to triage a whole range of cyber attacks. Also, Mark Gurman has some details on that new expected rugged Apple Watch. Twitter is testing co-tweets. More details on the new version of Meta's VR headset and the weekend long read suggestions. I'll explain. Here's what you missed today in the world of Tech. Apple has announced a new lockdown mode in iOS 16, iPadOS 16, and Mac OS Ventura to protect against what it calls highly targeted cyber attacks by disabling features, apps, and more, quoting Mac rumors. Apple says the optional security feature is designed to protect the very small number of users who may be at risk of, quote, highly targeted cyber attacks from private companies developing state sponsored spyware, such as journalists, activists, and government employees. Apple says Lockdown Mode is enabled in the third beta version of iOS 16, iPadOS 16, and macOS Ventura, released today, and the feature will be available to all users when the software updates are released later this year. While the feature is aimed at users who are targets of cyber attacks, it appears that it can be enabled by any user. Lockdown Mode is turned off by default and can be enabled in the Privacy and Security section of the Settings or System Settings app. After being turned on, Lockdown Mode can be turned off at any time in the same section of the Settings app. Enabling or disabling Lockdown Mode requires restarting the device and entering the device's passcode. When enabled, Apple says Lockdown Mode provides an extreme level of security by strictly limiting or disabling the functionality of features, apps, and websites. At launch, Lockdown Mode will include the following protections— In the Messages app, most message attachment types other than images are blocked and some features like link previews are unavailable. Incoming FaceTime calls from people you have not previously called are blocked. Incoming invitations for other Apple services from people you have not previously invited are also blocked. Some complex web technologies and browsing features, including just-in-time JavaScript compilation, are disabled unless the user excludes a trusted site from lockdown mode. This protection applies to Safari and all other web browsers using WebKit across the iPhone, iPad, and Mac. Shared albums will be removed from the Photos app and new shared album invitations will be blocked. When a device is locked, wired connections with other devices or accessories are blocked. Configuration profiles cannot be installed and the device cannot enroll into mobile device management while lockdown mode is turned on. Apple said it will continue to add new protections to Lockdown Mode over time. Apple has added new categories to its security bounty program to reward researchers who find Lockdown Mode bypasses and help improve its protections. With bounties to be doubled for qualifying findings in Lockdown Mode, up to a maximum of two million dollars. End quote. <music> Sources are telling Mark Gurman that the expected rugged Apple Watch planned for 2022 will have a larger, around 2-inch, shatter-resistant screen, non-aluminum metal case, better workout tracking, and more," quoting Bloomberg. The rugged version of the Apple Watch will get a screen that measures almost 2 inches diagonally, while a new standard Apple Watch Series 8 will keep the 1.9-inch diagonal screen size of the current Apple Watch Series 7. A planned update to the low-end Apple Watch SE also will retain the current screen size. The larger display on the extreme Sports model, which is planned to be announced later this year with the other two models, will have about 7% more screen area than the largest current Apple Watch. The display will have a resolution of about 410 by 502 pixels and retain the same overall sharpness as the existing models. Apple could use the larger screen area to show more fitness metrics or information on watch faces at one time. The company added several new fitness features in WatchOS 9, including multi-sport workouts and improved intensity tracking during exercise routines. The Extreme Sports watch will use a strong metal material rather than aluminum, have a more shadow-resistant screen, and include a larger battery compared with standard Apple watches, letting athletes track workouts for longer periods of time, said the people who asked not to be identified because the watch details haven't been announced. Like the standard Series 8, the sturdier watch will have the ability to take a user's body temperature to detect a fever. It will also improve tracking metrics like elevation during hiking workouts and data while swimming all of the new Apple Watches will use an S8 processor with similar performance to the S7 chip in the Apple Watch Series 7, which was on par with the S6 in the Apple Watch Series 6 from two years ago. This will mark the first time that the company is retaining the same general performance in the Apple Watch for three generations in a row, end quote. You get this, the FBI and MI5 issued an extremely rare joint statement warning tech companies of China's alleged large-scale state-sponsored hacking and a global network of agents that are attempting to allegedly steal intellectual property, quoting the Wall Street Journal. In a rare joint appearance on Wednesday at the headquarters of MI5, Christopher Ray, director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and Ken McCollum, director general of MI5, urged executives not to underestimate the scale and sophistication of Beijing's campaign. The Chinese government is set on stealing your technology, whatever it is that makes your industry tick, and using it to undercut your business and dominate your market, Mr. Ray told the audience of business people. They are set on using every tool at their disposal to do it, end quote. China uses state-sponsored hacking on a large scale, along with a global network of intelligence operatives in its quest to gain access to technology it considers important, Messrs. Ray and McCollum said. U.S. counterintelligence officials issued a separate notice on Wednesday, warning state and local government leaders and business executives about a different Chinese threat, accelerating efforts to influence policymaking through overt and covert means. The notice from the U.S. National Counterintelligence and Security Center cited tactics ranging from Open lobbying, where Beijing's role is acknowledged, to collecting personal information about state and local leaders and leveraging trade and investment to reward or punish officials. Mr. Ray said that China is drawing lessons from the West's response to Russia's war in Ukraine, potentially to be used if Beijing decides to try to forcibly take Taiwan, the democratic island off the Chinese coast that was part of China in the past. We've seen China looking for ways to insulate their economy against potential sanctions, trying to cushion themselves from harm. If they do anything to draw the ire of the international community, Mr. Ray said. In our world, we call that kind of behavior a clue, end quote. Reddit has launched an NFT-based avatar marketplace with 90 profile pictures available for purchase at a fixed rate, expanding on support for Ethereum-based NFTs, quoting TechCrunch. The company noted that if you purchase one of its limited edition NFTs, you will have licensing rights to use it on and off Reddit as an avatar. These rights aren't as extensive as owning an NFT from Yuga Labs' Bored Ape Yacht Club collection, which allows you to make merchandise or TV shows based on the Bored Ape you own. What's more, you can mix and match your avatar's look with merch available in the avatar builder, and the avatar will have a glow-like effect next to your comments in communities. This is not Reddit's first rodeo with NFTs. Earlier this year, the company began testing a feature that would allow you to set any Ethereum-based NFT as your profile picture weeks after Twitter released a similar function. Last year, Reddit released limited edition NFTs based on its mascot Snoo, called CryptoSnooze. Reddit has partnered with Polygon, an Ethereum-compatible blockchain, to mint these avatars on-chain. You can use Reddit's own blockchain wallet called Vault, which is available on the firm's native app, to store and manage these NFTs. Currently, Vault is used to earn blockchain-based community points and spend them on special features like badges and animated emoji. Today, NFT avatars will be available to members of the r slash collectible avatars invite-only subreddit for a first look. The community will have details about setting up a wallet, exclusive AMAs by artists, and behind-the-scene posts about the one-off profile pictures. Since there's no auction, all NFTs have a fixed price and can be bought through fiat currencies like U.S. dollars. Listing prices for these NFT avatars range from $9.99 all the way up to $99.99. If you are not part of that community, the company noted that these collectible avatars will be available to buy on its avatar builder page for everyone in the coming weeks." End quote. right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This is either really weird or really cool. I kind of can't decide. Quoting The Verge, Twitter has started testing a new co-tweets feature this week. With users of the social network, the co-tweets feature allows two accounts to co-author a tweet and both be tagged in a single tweet. Twitter has confirmed to The Verge that this new feature is now live for some users for a limited amount of time after the company started experimenting with the idea earlier this year. Several Twitter users have been testing the co-tweets feature today, and the experience allows a main tweet author to invite someone else to be tagged in the tweet and discuss the contents over DM. The second account needs to approve the co-authored tweet, and the resulting tweet shows it's co-authored by two people. But replies appear to only be directed toward the main author of the tweet. There are some examples cited in the piece, but you may need to visit the tweets directly as Twitter's embed feature hasn't been updated to support co-tweets yet. Instagram has offered a similar co-author feature on its service since last year, and it's reasonable to assume that influencers and brands will be quick to use a Twitter feature like this one. I can't wait to see how Wendy's, the burger joint that's always going viral, uses co-tweets to roast its next Twitter victim." Code in Meta's iPhone app for VR headsets suggests Meta's Project Cambria headset will be called the MetaQuest Pro. A source says it will cost over $1,000, quoting Bloomberg. Meta has been touting its new device since last year using the codename Project Cambria. The company is likely to introduce the official name later this year, along with details about the headset's availability. It will cost more than $1,000, according to a person with knowledge of the matter, who asked not to be identified because the details aren't yet public. The device is a major priority for Meta, which has recently scaled back other hardware projects such as a smartwatch, and will be a prime competitor to Apple's upcoming mixed reality headset when it goes on sale next year. The new Meta headset will have far better graphics, processing, and power compared with the regular MetaQuest headset. It will also include external high resolution cameras to simulate AR in color, eye tracking, more storage, new controllers, and high resolution displays for virtual reality. End quote. Time for the weekend long read suggestions. I'll explain why in a second. And I'm going to give you the usual amount of links, but I might not quote as extensively as I usually do. Again, I'll explain why in a second. First up, more details on a question I've had for months now from Bloomberg: How Ukraine's Kyivstar mobile network has stayed operational during Russia's invasion, despite employees being killed, seized infrastructure, and relentless cyber attacks? Like, you want to talk about an unlikely miracle or unsung heroes? I think it might be Kyivstar. Next, a survey from Pew Research with a ton of interesting data points. Basically, the TLDR is this. Experts are split on whether or not a fully immersive metaverse will exist by 2040. Worry about today's dominant platforms building such a metaverse, and expect more useful AR and mixed reality right around the corner. Basically, the experts are sort of in my camp. Augmented and mixed reality seems like something that could take off to them sooner than VR will. I kind of agree. Then from the New York Times, not just a tennis podcast, but rather the tennis podcast, quote, a decade on the tennis podcast regularly tops the Apple charts for the sport in the United States, Britain, Canada, Australia, and Spain. It is a favorite of the game's luminaries and commentators such as Billie Jean King, who has listened to the entire archive, Chris Evert, Pam Shriver, and Mary Carrillo. In the United States, it recently ranked 40th among sports podcasts. In certain moments, such as during Marismo's crisis, it is how the sport talks to itself. Whitaker, Law, and Matthew Roberts, who began as the show's Twitter intern in 2015 when he was still in college, are the genre's charming garage band that broke through, though they are not sure why. Maybe tennis debate just sounds more proper with British accents? The tennis podcast has become an interesting test case for a crowded podcast market where it's hard to develop an audience and even harder to make a living, as the three are trying to do. Roberts, 26, is still not sure if this is a legitimate career choice. Maybe I'll write some more, he wondered one evening in Paris, End quote, Interesting question. Podcasting as a valid career choice? Thanks as ever to all of you for making that possible, for me at least. And finally today from Rolling Stone, inside a superfan's secret friendship with Eddie Van Halen. Over the last five years of his life, the rock icon had a clandestine correspondence with a former music journalist, spilling gossip, gripes, hopes, fears, and revealing himself like never before. Quote, how's Michael Anthony doing? That's the first thing I say to Eddie Van Halen, the legendary guitarist and co-namesake of the rock band Van Halen. Rather, that's the first thing I say to someone who possibly is, but probably isn't, Eddie Van Halen. I mean, who am I kidding? There's no way the real Eddie Van Halen's email address should be available for anyone to find in a public database, and it sure as shit shouldn't be an America Online account. This isn't just a fan talking. In a former life, I'd been a music journalist, including some time as an editor for Rolling Stone's website. Back then, I got to interview everyone from Ozzy Osbourne to Diddy, but now it's 2015 and I'm more than a decade removed from my dream job. Today, as a market researcher for a health insurance company, I stare at data tables till my eyes water and monitor my employer's social media mentions, featuring angry posts about how only fraudulent Fs and hashtag scumbags would work there. Sending emails like this has become something of a pastime, an exercise in nostalgia when the drudgery of my workday becomes too much to handle. Not long ago, I discovered that an old login I had to LexisNexis, a directory lawyers and journalists use that shows, among other things, a person's criminal record, residences, phone numbers, and yes, email addresses, had never been deactivated. After using it to look up a couple of exes, I turned to rock stars. On a lark, I reached out to who Nexus told me was Gene Simmons, Eddie Vedder, Stevie Nicks, and pretty much every member of the original Guns N' Roses. But I'd gotten nary a response. So I fire off the Michael Anthony email at close to five o'clock on Sunday, May 31st, 2015, and figure that that'll be the beginning and end of it. But 51 minutes later, you've got mail. That response kicks off a five-plus-year correspondence that would change my life, end quote. So at long last, COVID has come for me. That's why we're back in Brooklyn. We knew we had been exposed, so this isn't quite a surprise. Hats off to the city of New York. I called a 1-800 number, answered some questions, and Hackslevid should be delivered to my door any minute now. So I had been planning to take tomorrow off anyway. I'm going to post the second part of the eBay story from the Internet History Podcast tomorrow. And then the plan was to just relax, which I guess is an enforced relaxation at this point gonna just play Mario Kart with my son and Crusader Kings 3, try to use the Kingdom of Brittany to take over England, sort of like William the Conqueror did, and just wait for the Paxilvid to do its thing, I guess. In theory, on Monday, that would be the last day of the Paxilvid regime, so I believe I'll be talking to you then. But here's a small note that if for some reason you don't hear from me on Monday, I'll have someone give you more details, or else I'll arrange a guest host or something like that. But let's assume we talk on Monday. Be well, everybody.